0: In every age, God raises people up to speak the truth to the world in a way that is currently relevant. Though our opinions should not be held with the same esteem as the biblical canon, we still carry the hope of Christ to the world. Our society has forgotten what it means to follow Christ. The bright lights of truth-seekers are barely visible in the dim twilight of a post-Judeo-Christian society. We all see the darkness coming. All we can hope is to share the light that he has entrusted to us. This is Modern Apocrypha. Hi, I'm Jared. And I'm Greg. And this is Modern Apocrypha, and we have another guest with us today. It's Jordan Bush, welcome, Jordan. It's great to have you on, man. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it.
1: Yep, great to see you guys. Appreciate you guys having me.
0: Absolutely. So, give us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where Where do you come from, and what do you do?
1: Sure. Yeah. The Cliff Notes version would be: I grew up in a Christian household. Uh, my parents have worked for a Christian nonprofit organization their whole life, uh, whole adult life, and so I grew up there. Ended up going to Bible college uh, when when you know when I graduated high school. Was anticipating going for a year and then wanted to become a, a journalist, a sports journalist. Uh, and so, in God's uh, providence, uh, you know, God has funny ways of of doing things uh, typologically in, in the world. And so, I thought I wanted to go be a journalist. And, you know, at, during this one year of Bible college, God sent me to, you know, preach good news. So, Again, pretty corny dad joke, but, you know, it, it definitely does happen. So um, so that's what I did. I ended up becoming, you know, just got to the point where I just really wanted to be be a missionary. And my wife and I got married uh, because of that desire. Uh, and so then we raised support and started to go to, we went to Uruguay uh, as church planting missionaries. Uh, and so we ended up helping plant a small church. Uh, and yeah, so then at that point, I was while I was there, I got involved in Bitcoin and ended up writing a book called Thank God for Bitcoin, uh, which is just sounds preposterous on like 84 levels if you don't know anything about Bitcoin. Um, so did, did that, and then and then we left, uh, ended up leaving the mission field, and um, due to uh, a number of different things, but one of those was a denominational change, uh, we. Went from being uh, Reformed Baptist to Presbyterian, and uh, and so, um, yeah. So we ended up doing that, and so then again, the, my connections to the Bitcoin world turned into a, a, a full time job helping the helping the broader Christian world understand Bitcoin and. Uh, Kind of the, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. So
0: absolutely. So yeah. I actually didn't know that about the journalism thing. You know, I have an associate's yeah. degree in journalism, and it, it, oh no way. Well, okay. it came about because my dad suggested that I go into journalism because he knew I wanted to yep. be a writer, and he thought, oh, you need something to pay the yep. bills while you get there. Well, it, it yep. didn't work out that way because. Yeah. Yep. But, but yeah, that's that's where I started <laughs> too, kind of. So that's kind of fun. That's funny. Yep. That's funny. At
2: our at our age in our youth, the uh, conservative voice was not welcome in journalism. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I would probably say it's pretty much the same, but you know, but again, different things. Technology has like dis enabled some disintermediation. So,
0: so I I gotta ask, yeah. post mill.
1: Um, I man, okay, so here's the deal. So I grew up uh, dispensational pre mill. I'm sorry, uh, and like yeah, that was that was the only thing that I ever heard, and again. I don't. I don't begrudge some of the ways that I grew up sure. because, again, they gave me they gave me the tools that I needed uh, to to grow in a lot of ways, including sowing the seeds of some of the the of the destruction of you know some of the things that I, I used to believe. So, um, at this point, this is what I this is what I tell people is yeah. like I, I'm sympathetic to to post mill. I have not done the work in a, in a I haven't done the work. And I haven't studied that specific topic of like eschatology in, I mean, probably like fifteen years.
0: Maybe. Sure, fair and enough.
1: And so, so I was, I'm due, to, I'm due to revisit the, the the topic. I was planning on doing it in in 2021 and just didn't get around to it. And so now we're,
0: you know, three years later. And so, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I know, so. I know. For myself, you know, I can get along with most anybody. I'll have a, a yeah. spirited, I'll have a spirited yeah. conversation with post mill guys, yeah. mostly over yeah. the idea that christ is currently ruling the nations with an iron rod which some of them will assert and i have huge issues with that notion because if if the current pedophile ring ruling the nations is somehow ascribed to him i think that that's a problem so yeah that's well
1: i think i think i think that they would you know be the first to admit that you know making the knees bow is a is an ongoing process so uh, i'm sure that but uh, um uh, but yeah uh, yeah, so that's I I need to study. That's that's the thing. I'm that's not, fair. Totally fair. I don't really talk about it just because I'm like again, everybody has eschatology whether they recognize well, it or not. But uh, and yeah.
0: I think that some of the most hostility you get inside of Christianity is when you get the pre mill post mill debate going yeah. on. So yeah. I, I just yep. had to ask out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. um how about this? Greg and I sort of were talking a little about what to talk about. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Bitcoin. Greg can start with what he sort of what he knows and what he thinks about it. Then you go and give our, okay. And here's the thing. I haven't given the modern apocrypha listeners a real view of Bitcoin. So you're the perfect guy to do that.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And then I will
0: come in and I will, I will take a great big crap all over everything and make (laughs) a mess. How's that? All right. So Greg, go ahead. uh, yeah, go
2: for it. So starting off, I am just starting out with anything Bitcoin. I just got my little wallet deal in the okay. mail. Um, just figuring out what it is, listening yeah. to my friends and following in faith, not, not uh, informed decision. Um, the understanding that I have for it is it is sort of like a, a digital gold in that you don't get to make more. Right? Yep. It's a set limit. It's not run by a government. So it's not mm-hmm. China's or America's or any particular countries. It's the people that own it's. Um, what's the word I'm looking for authority to change rules about it.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good, I mean, that's a pretty fair, again, like Bitcoin, you, Bitcoin is as many different things as it is the people, the number of people you talk to, you know, like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. But yeah, the, the digital gold angle is, is true in, in many ways. And it's, it's a helpful, it's a helpful framework to look, to look at um, things through really again we're, we're not going to get we're not going to get into like super technical you know a bunch of different things like we we could do that and um, there will be detailed things that I'm sure we get into but really the way that I introduced Bitcoin to people is just the way that I got introduced to it, which was I was a pastor I was a missionary living in Uruguay uh, very secular country we went there thinking we were going to play a church among largely you know atheistic and agnostic people um, and so we went there with that expectation we get there and in the couple of years before we had arrived there was this wave of venezuelan refugees pouring into the country and so we had i think it was over the course of four or five six years there were like 60,000 at least 60,000 uh, venezuelan refugees that poured into uruguay alone and then there was you know hundreds of thousands going into countries that were more geographically uh, near nearby to venezuela so colombia and brazil and different things um and so Again, so I was a philosophy major, and I was just trying to understand why these people were, were coming to Uruguay. Like, what was the what was the factors that led them to to you know feel like they had to do that? And found out that their government had been hyperinflating their currency. Their government had been making uh, you know different presidential candidates had been making promises uh, to the people to do different. Uh, safety, social safety net quote unquote uh, programs. And over time, they had those programs between those pro- programs and cronyism. Uh, they'd serve to to bankrupt the the nation.
2: And what kind of distance is that uh, travel forum from Venezuela to Uruguay? And it, it's what,
1: a few countries know. over. It's like three or four countries, you know, Between and, and and this, so is, a of- this is uh,
2: sort of uh, 2010, 2015, kind of what's, what's the time frame?
1: Yeah, so this is like 20 I think it's like 2014 uh, like 2013 we didn't I think the majority of them excuse me the majority of them came between 2013 uh, and I believe like 2017 2018 um, because what you have is the you have the people the early the early adopters like the early people like they they saw stuff coming they had enough money to be able to leave and so then they left and then over time the longer that you're there the less resources that people had to be able to move um, and so, yeah, so anyhow, that was, that was kind of what we, what we saw. So, so we see all these people coming in and they you know, start to understand that it was, uh, it was because of monetary devaluation, uh, in large part. And so, again, I did not study economics. Uh, I was like a Ron Paul libertarian, you know, like, I, I you know, appreciated s- different levels of or different aspects of what he was talking about. Austrian economics made sense to me, but I did I didn't, hadn't done some sort of exhaustive deep dive into the, into the topic. Um, but I just saw that and I just, you know, kind of filed that away and then, you know, didn't really do anything related to, to you know, you know, anything related to money in terms of our, our, you know, with helping them other than like giving them money, you know, to help them rebuild their lives in Uruguay, the ones that ended up showing up in Uruguay. So then over time, I did like research into like trying to figure out, you know, it was this unique to Venezuela or like what was going on. And one of the things that I found was that this, this was not unique, uh, that almost every country in Latin America's currency had failed between three and four times uh, since 1971, when, the when the U S went off the gold standard. Uh, and so then, you know, just that helped. It started the process of, of trying to understand Bretton Woods, the Bretton Woods agreement, uh, which is the agreement made by, bunch of countries around the world in the aftermath of World War Two uh, to use rather than uh, to use gold as the reserve currency. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of these countries in Europe had spent most of their gold uh, to countries like the United States and ironically Uruguay uh, to help survive the war. Uh, and so they've finished the war with not very much gold. And so they've tried to answer the question, what are we going to use instead of instead of gold? And they, the United States was there you know, with all the leverage basically saying, hey, let's use dollars uh, you know, we'll peg the dollar to gold. There'll be a certain, you know, fixed ratio between gold and and the U S dollar. And, and then you guys can hold dollars in your, uh, in your vaults or, you know, hold dollars in your banks. And then, you know, that, that connected chain will, uh, the, the, not, the not so blockchain, you know, that, that chain will, will provide stability, uh, to this, to the global system.
0: So, and yeah, just a quick question. Yeah. Would you say then, based on the research you did, and this is my impression, but would you agree that then those countries' currencies, most of the countries in the world, are basically just U.S. dollar plus country risk?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a large part of it. Now, that, that did change in, in 1971. Now, you basically, you went from the dollar being the reserve currency to like the petrodollar. So like the dollar, rather than being backed by gold, now the, do- the dollar has been backed by oil. And now even that's changing because a lot of the, the oil producing countries, the bigger oil producing countries are ceasing to use the, the dollar uh, because of, you know, U.S. foreign policy and a bunch of other different things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I just was trying to understand that. So I saw, you know, saw that and was just like, OK, well, that that makes sense. And uh, and so, yeah. And so then I just started, again, trying to process and think through. These, these historical things and and evaluate them biblically. And like was just trying to, you know, evaluate, okay, so this is what happened, but how do I think about you know what happened? And and so really the the I would say the the biggest thing, I mean, you, you mentioned like what's you asked me coming on here. Like what's the when you talk about shifting the Overton window. I would say the thing that uh, the biggest thing that's probably outside of the Overton window that, that I believe, uh, maybe not the biggest, I'm sure I've got a bunch of them, but yeah. I, I would say probably, probably a big one that is probably the one I talk about the most is that, uh, fiat currency and central banking are at least in their current iterations are are sinful. They're, like and, they're, and utterly they're sinful.
0: toxic and destructive. Yeah. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm.
1: yep. percent. Yeah. Be, because they're sinful, they're toxic and destructive. Like things that, things that are sinful are, are, you know, at odds with the way God's revealed himself and and designed the world to function and so um so i think that would be the, the biggest thing and the if i had to summarize like a, the core like the seed of that argument uh i was i was doing sermon prep uh when i was thinking through these things for the first time i was in the book of galatians and in the book of galatians at the end uh the apostle paul says that god is not mocked he's t- he's talking about um yeah yeah he said god is not mocked for what a man sows that will he also reap yep and so and so just basically Paul says, uh, I was just like trying to rephrase it, put it in my own words. And Paul says that God is so hardwired this principle of sowing and reaping into the fabric of, of nature, fabric of the world, uh, you know, physical and, and spiritual realms that to deny it is to mock him. And so I was just, I said to myself, well, that's interesting. Okay. So what are some examples of, of sowing and reaping? And, and I started, I was like, okay. Uh, well, Paul says, if a man isn't willing to work, then he shouldn't eat, and so Paul says, like, there's there's a corresponding relationship between working and eating, and so then I was like, okay, well, let me, like, what's he what's he saying? Like, let's you know, follow it to its logical extension. Paul says, if you're if you're not willing to work, you should die. Like, if you're if you're not willing to work, you should starve to death. Like, you you're you're misunderstanding the relationship that I have as God. Like, God has created to exist between food and work. Food is supposed to give you energy to do work and to serve other people. And if you're not willing to submit to that relationship, then then you should die. Um, and so then you go on you just follow one after another. There's like this is it works everywhere. I mean, like sowing and reaping is one way to put it. Uh, God will render to each one according to his works. Like, you know, what you what you do, God will will repay. Um, right. L- logic itself is is founded upon sowing and reaping. It's like, the, logic it's the says, real
0: world version of karma.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, logic logic says because this then this. And so that that's a logical thing, that's a sowing and reaping way of looking at looking at the world. And so as I was thinking about that and as I was thinking about Bitcoin, just the reality of like it just hit me that fiat currency, which is currency that governments and central banks can just create out of thin air to, you know, for whatever purposes they want, is money that denies sowing and reaping. <clears throat> they basically say, we're going to, we're going to reap where we haven't sown. We're going to create, you know, we're going to fund whatever vision of the world that we, we want. And functionally, we're going to create money that allows us to say, let our kingdom come and let our will be done. Uh, and and that's how it works. And so again, so it's my, my, you know, basic thesis and basic, you know, argument is, is this is, this is not just simply like less than ideal. It's, it's sinful and wrong. It's a, It's a rejection of the world that God made in favor of creating a world in in the image and likeness of government officials and central bankers.
0: I Yeah, that well said and well put. And the perspective is one that when I think about things, they come out a different way because they're from a bit of a different sort of perspective, a different standing place. But looking at it from a biblical perspective, that's a very good way to put it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like there's also something about fiat currency that breaks a rule. Mm. Um, is it Deuteronomy 2416 that um, the sins of the father should not be placed on the, on the children? Mm. Yeah. And what else are we doing with, with inflation and in our fiat currency yeah. but punishing each generation after the next, based on what fathers have done? There is no, no, level of forgiveness upon the allotted dates. The the rules are not being followed. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Proverbs says that Proverbs says that a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And so an ungodly man would take an inheritance from his children's children. And that's what we're doing by having, you know, a, a, you know, a a national debt that's now 34 trillion and expanding it, you know, by trillions of dollars every year. Um, Again, it's, it's, it's not just simply less than ideal. It's sinful and wrong.
0: It is. Well, and, and then that's totally missing the whole dishonest weights and measures thing that is yeah. inherent in yeah. the fiat currency paradigm. It yeah. just, you can't escape it. It's there, man. So, yeah. no, I'm with yeah. you.
1: I, I think that's, yeah, and the way that that works, again, dishonest weights and measures are, like, honest weights and measures are, you know, you'd go, to, you'd go to the market back when they used, you know, gold and silver. And before you would weigh the stuff that you were buying, you would weigh your money. And so you'd obviously, you'd, you'd want to have like one coin that was like the standard. And so you, everyone knew that this was one ounce and then you could weigh your, your gold or your silver in that and be like, okay, this is one ounce. And then you could use that to weigh out your food. And so dishonest weights and measures you'd have, you know, somebody would have something, a, a weight that looked like it was a pound, but that was maybe one ounce less yep. or two ounces less. And so by virtue of that, you were able to steal over the course of many transactions, you're able to steal and, and, you know, create more, earn more money than you had goods to, to account for. Uh, and by doing it that way, you know, you're, you're doing it secretly. You're, 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 you're deceiving the, your customers, uh, to benefit at their expense without, without telling them if you were to tell them, you know, Hey, my, my prices went up. And so I'm going to, you know, uh, so I'm going to raise the prices a little bit, then, then that's, An honest way of doing business. Obviously, things change, but to try to hide that fact is is sinful and wrong. It's deception.
0: I I absolutely agree. That's that's a very good, very good summation. Does that fairly well cover where you're at as far as Bitcoin goes? Then,
1: yeah, I mean, that's these are the conversations that I have with people. Again, Mm -hmm. when people hear like I I am the executive director of a business called Thank God for Bitcoin, they expect to talk a lot about Bitcoin. And, and really, my, my conviction is uh, based on uh, Jesus' words that those who are well have no need of a physician. Yeah. You no, know, it's those who are sick who need a physician. Before I talk to Bitcoin, before I talk about Bitcoin in, large, in the vast majority of cases, I first i am like, Jesus. no. Well, no, no, not even that. I mean, <laughs> definitely we get there. But like, you have to understand that the existence, that, like what is broken or right. that the, exi- the existing system is broken in order to see the value in something different. Um, and so again, there's lots of, there's lots of tangible and practical reasons, uh, you know, why, why fiat currency is, is bad and, and yeah. how it hurts people. So like, I would say horizontal reasons why, why it's wrong, but what I want to first talk about and I start talking about people is the, is the, the vertical reasons. Sure. So, like what, what are the problems that God has with this? And then we can, then we can move to the other things later because this sure. is, this is the most important thing. And historically, I would say, again, it's easy just to be like, well, you know, this is such a, this is such an emergency. We have to go around and address the, the horizontal things. We have to go try to fix everything. But if you look at historically, it's the, it's the people who make first the vertical argument that has a tremendous amount of, of propulsive force to get things done. And just like briefly, there's three examples that I give of this. So Luther didn't go to you know martin luther didn't go to you know people his his listeners and and be like look how this is you know primarily look at how you know the catholic church is is oppressing the poor he's basically saying like they're they're not telling the truth about the scriptures right like this is this is justification by you know is by faith alone through grace alone you know like that he's basically talking about the vertical things that and then people's realization of the vertical problems then Fleshes brings out and the in all the
0: horizontal stuff. Right. That makes sense.
1: Exactly. And so like William Wilberforce is another one. Wilberforce works his entire life as a politician to try to raise awareness of like, you know, you guys say you're Christians. We're the, this great Christian nation but you know, England and it's being built on the back of people who we're saying are less than human people who are made in God's image. And, and so, and then Martin Luther King Jr. That uses the same logic. He has a whole bunch of issues, but like his logic and his argument is rhetoric is the same. Uh, and so, again, I'm not trying to at all put myself in the same category of importance or whatever with those guys, but I want to use their, their, their reasoning
0: because it's, again, I think it's a good way to reason. Of course. Of course. So that's, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just trying to think how to, how to sort of, because it's my turn next. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think how to approach this exactly in a, in a useful way. So Bef-
1: Let me ask you this. What, what do you like when you talk to people like what are maybe you like, I mean, you could play the part of like with the skeptic, you know, for these things like what are what are some of the objections you get to Bitcoin or something?
0: Well, I don't have any objections right now, actually. That's, <laughs> that's part of the problem. Okay, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And here's why. So I think that you can make the case that right now Bitcoin is the only thing that is usable as money that could be considered honest money. In the whole world. Gold mm-hmm. used to fulfill that case, but because we have such a, a fast transaction speed right now, it can't actually function as money. In order to have something yeah. that functions, you have to sort of give a representation of gold, and you're already yeah. introducing the the possibility for abuse at that point. And that's how we yeah. got the fiat currencies we have, right? So yeah. right now today, Bitcoin is the only currency that is both decentralized and yeah. honest, yeah. You'd agree, right?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, so again, well, it's it's demonstrably
0: like honest. Okay. Like you can,
1: you can, so, I mean, it's an Bitcoin is an open monetary network where you can see every transaction that's ever taken place. So, so yeah.
0: What's keeping it that way?
1: What's keeping, what do you mean? What's keeping?
0: What is keeping Bitcoin honest? What is stopping it from becoming something that is not honest? What is stopping yeah. it from becoming a, a worse mirror of the US dollar?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, would, I mean, there's a number of different things, but I mean, the fact that, I mean, so basically, you could think about Bitcoin is, is fundamentally at bottom a ledger. It's just a ledger where you, you file inputs and, and there, you know, credits and debits and, you know, transactions that take place. They just move from one transaction or from one, you know, wallet to another. Um, and so the fact that it's open, uh, the fact that it's, it's honest, it's just truthful, it just gives you the information. Is a completely different, you know, proposition than a normal bank's ledger. It is. You know, normal banks just have ledgers as well, but they're they're privately held. You you can't see their books. Right. So you know, would they you don't say just open up their. their...
2: By, by democracy, it's protected by the vote of the people.
1: So it's it's protected in in part by cryptography. Okay. So the same cryptography that's protecting the nuclear codes is is protecting you know the like bitcoins the way that Bitcoin does transactions. Um, but then also then the decision makers in the in the bitcoin uh, in the Bitcoin ecosystem are they're people who run a copy of the ledger that's called a node. Uh, and so the node runners basically can vote by running different node software uh, what kind of what they want the network to look like. And in order to affect large scale uh, protocol changes, you have to get a large percentage of the of those node operators to do like to to vote with their with their software and so that so basically if those people who are running which is tens of thousands of people if those people think that you are you know they they hear your proposal they hear your reason and your argument and they're not convinced by it they're under no obligation and they won't they won't run it if they don't think it makes both uh, logical and or economic sense, uh, if, it, if they don't think it's going to be in the best interest of Bitcoin, which they have conceivably, you know, pretty good investment, and in, they're not going to they're not going to do it. Um, and so that is that is a far like that that gives people a role to play. That is a far different. It's a far cry from the existing system where you have a couple people, literally handful of people in a room who can decide to change the interest rates or can decide to make these large scale policy changes uh, that aren't You know, I wouldn't even say democratic, but where the people have no say in in
0: what's going on. So let me let me add one thing to what you just said that you will wholeheartedly agree with right now. The people who are responsible for policy changes in the Bitcoin ecosystem are some of the most don't tread on me libertarian (laughs) anti-government people in the whole world. Yeah, Yep. Yeah,
1: and then there, that's true, hundred percent. Which, 100%. which then, means
0: <laughs> that trying to manipulate the system right now is the next thing to bloody impossible.
1: Yeah. Now, again, they can they can definitely put pressure on on people uh, sure. and on institutions and stuff like that. But again, another factor is that they're they're not only don't tread on me. They're not only I mean, in in many ways, like religious zealots. Uh, you know, <laughs> who, who like they're they're very much like that. But they're also geographically distributed, right? So you've got. this not just like this. Is not just all Americans who are doing this. Right. Like There, there are Americans, but there's also Canadians and there's you know British and there's Jap- Japanese and there's you know Cambodian and there's just there's all kinds of people all over the world who are, you know, part of this Bitcoin ecosystem. And so if one country tried to crack down on on you know on either people or businesses, then again, Bitcoin is still existing in these other places, and they can't affect these these large scale protocol changes that they. Uh, that they can in other systems where they can just squash it and then it it you know breaks down and so in many ways again not not in level of importance at all but like the the way that Christianity spread is very similar it, the way that Christianity is organized and structured and and spread is very similar to how Bitcoin operates and and spreads well, Bitcoin so.
0: is a network effect and yes. network effects the way they grow actually this is something that I've said a number of times but let me just reiterate it here. Network effects grow on a Fibonacci spiral. If you were, if you graph their growth rate, it's a Fibonacci spiral. It's almost Mm -hmm. deterministic. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. Pareto distribution. And that means that Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is growing at a fixed rate and it's getting bigger and bigger. And every cycle, the number of people coming into Bitcoin in total is more than the people who have been there before in total. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, one other thing that I would like to, that I'd like to hit, and then we go to break real quick and then we'll come back and I'll, I'll make my point. Okay. One other thing I'd like to hit. And that is that right now, Bitcoin is the most compelling, the most, the most motivating money in the world because it is deflationary by nature, which means people who have it naturally have their money get to be worth more and more as time goes on and the amount of it that is produced is actually going down at an exponential rate as time goes on so you can call you can call it game theory but the idea here is that bitcoin is essentially motivating everybody to buy into it and once one person buys into it like let's use corporations, for example, Michael Saylor buying into Bitcoin in a serious way, put a level of motivation on everybody else in the corporate world that is almost most people aren't really set up to understand how strong that motivation is because, because what he's holding is getting more valuable and it's doing it at a rate that we have really never seen before. Yeah. Everybody else is super, super motivated to buy in too.
1: Yeah. Or they will be. Because this is the thing is like people, like people, yeah, like you, the the issue is like you can't, you can't remain neutral on Bitcoin. Like you can't because like by ignoring it, you're making a choice.
0: Exactly.
1: If you buy in, you've made a choice. But if you're not buying in, once it exists, if you, if you're, if you're not, taking account of it. You're not spending time to to like look into it at all. You're making a choice and you will suffer the same choice that those who, you know, actively in, you know, uh, are actively hostile towards it. You can, you'll suffer the same consequences if Bitcoin does what it's going to do. And so I think that's still the phase that we're in is most people do not recognize that yet. That's right. Like they just think like, they just think, okay, well, you know, that's this one thing and they don't understand how money works they don't understand a lot of the dynamics of how bitcoin works you know you mentioned so, the, the the supply gets cut in half every 4 years uh, the new the new issuing
0: supply gets cut in half every four years. so let's 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 paint a f- just a, a short few word picture of what bitcoin is bitcoin is a monetary black hole that is sucking in value at a rate that is exponentially increasing and it's guarded by the most The most zealous, um, freedom-oriented, individualistic people spread across the whole world, and it is the most compelling by, the most compelling thing, and getting more so as time goes on for people to to become engaged in. Does that seem about right? Yeah. I, I, again,
1: the thing that I would say is like value uh, outside of the spiritual realm, Sure, like value, value is subjective and value like comes down to, you know, like the different things are valuable in different situations. So if I was on a desert Island, okay, then water would be incredibly valuable and food would be incredibly, like it would be, it'd be incredibly valuable. And so, and so the cost of, of those two things would be priceless because if I don't have those things, I'm, I'm going to die right now. In the context of where we live, okay, the relative price of food, even though it's just as it's just as vital, like food here in the United States is not like a hundred dollars for for like you couldn't right. charge a hundred dollars for water or something like that. It just it just wouldn't it just doesn't work because of because how readily available. Right. It is. Yes. Yes. And so I would say the same thing with um, you know, with, with Bitcoin, if we if we had a system, if we lived in a world where people were were living in accordance with a system of of morality where they 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 had no desire and they weren't willing to you know commit this awful uh, you know, sin of just creating money out of thin air. If they were content to, you know, to operate uh, with something like gold, then Bitcoin would have far less of a, of a value proposition. Because, again, it just would be again, it's it's a great it's a technically superior solution in some ways. Um, but it, there's there's ways in which, you know, again, if you're not a, if you're not a technical person. Uh, then Bitcoin can be a tough, it can be initially a tough thing to to learn how to deal with, and it's again it can be complicated. Sure, and that's getting easier um, as time
0: goes on and more people get into it's it. True. but but it's still a it's true, it's still true. But it's
1: but it's still it's yeah. again there's still there's still a curve. Now again you can, there's ways to mitigate that. There's there's again tools. To this day, very few people understand how cars work, and yet all of us drive cars. Right. So the same thing is, is increasingly true of Bitcoin. You don't need to know how it works in order to be able to use it. I understand Bitcoin
0: um, better than I do modern cars, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. It's actually simpler than most modern yep. cars. Really.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So. Yep. But yeah. But yeah, so that's, so that's what I would say. I would say, you know, like Bitcoin, it's, it's valuable in that way, especially given the the risk in terms of it being a black hole, you might have somebody who's like, "Well, what does that even mean?" And really, what what it, what it means is it's like, okay, so we live in a world in which uh, there are scarce things. Everything that we have, our our time is scarce, our life is scarce, the relationships that we have are scarce. Uh, you know, the food that we eat is is all scarce, and we are we are every day in the world that we live in now. We're exchanging, you know, non scarce money for scarce things, or we're exchanging scarce time, energy resources for money, fiat currency that can be created. And is progressively less and
0: less scarce.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's increasingly exponentially less scarce with every, with every year that goes by. And again, the, the best way to, I would say maybe not the best, but the, the one, one easy way to explain it would be just to observe what happened during COVID. So in the first year of COVID through these different airdrops, you know, the government airdropped everybody money, um, basically 40% of all the dollars that have ever existed were created. And so what happened as a result, housing prices went up in many cases, hundred percent, in some cases, 200%. And so that wasn't, those weren't two unconnected, um, not at all. Events; those are those are you know you have way more money competing for more or less the same amount of houses, and so of course the price for for each one of those houses is going to be significantly more. Yep. Um, and so that same thing that happened with houses is happening with everything. Uh, and so again, Bitcoin is something that can't be created anywhere near as quickly uh, or at the at the behest of at the will of a of a government or you know other political institution.
0: Absolutely. And how about we go to break there and come back? That's and- good. So we'll be back in a minute, folks. See you again. Modern Apocrypha is brought to you by Bright Star, the forthcoming book by me, Jared Michaud, due to hit shelves April of 2024. For pre-release copies, head over to e6universe.com. Use the promo code ISRAEL for 10% off with your order. Modern Apocrypha is made possible by North Arrow Coffee. It's the pro-life coffee company where 15% of every sale goes to a pro-life cause. And it's so good that even us non-coffee drinkers love the company. Everybody I know who I have... uh, given North Arrow Coffee to who is a coffee drinker, loves it. So the quality of the product is wonderful and they're not a company that hates you. So if you're interested, head over to NorthArrowCoffee.co and use the promo code E6 for 10% off with your order. And we're back welcome back everyone so got a question for you jordan if if you could be back at the revolutionary war they're fighting mm-hmm. for the u.s independence they're they're not there yet the the battle is not won and you could show them an accurate picture of the way the u.s looks today would you do it
1: uh no I mean, I probably wouldn't. You know, that's not. I, I don't. I don't think it would materially help them in any. I mean, I don't know. You could argue maybe there'd be some ways, but no, I wouldn't. I. I I'd be content to uh, let uh, you know God lay things out in His time. And
0: this, this is sort of the dilemma that I have been faced with because I can see where this is going.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do think I. So again, I. I Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. Again, I think, I think one of the things we do see is that God does do this. Like God gives, I mean, this is what prophecy is, right? God or like God tells people with Moses, God tells Moses what's going to happen. He tells them, you know, this is going to happen. They're going to reject you. I'm going to defeat them. I will defeat the gods of Egypt. You know, he goes through this whole thing. Um, And so, and then with the the apostles, Jesus goes through and says, you know, this is going to happen you know the holy spirit's going right. to bring to remembrance all these things you know he he does this and so but again okay so it's obviously a weird hypothetical situation so again this, may, maybe <laughs> this
0: doesn't rise to the level of prophecy this is just me looking yeah. forward with my weird not normally wired brain and going uh-huh. okay so this and this and this and this are all converging what's the result so here's here's the way it looks to me We've got a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that bitcoin becomes the world reserve currency within the next ten years five i would say five to ten because if you look mm-hmm. at the growth rate that we're hitting right now that's mm-hmm. about right that's my that's my call it a guess, but it's about right because of the mm-hmm. this rate of growth we got going on okay now I'm gonna use the example of the u s here to sort of illustrate what I think is going to happen. And I'll just see what you think. And I think the moral of the story is easily stated right now. And that is this, you can't serve two masters. You can't Mm -hmm. serve God and money. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be using Bitcoin. None of what I'm about Mm -hmm. to say means we shouldn't be using Bitcoin. We should, because it is Mm -hmm. the most honest money available right now okay yep. with me so far mm-hmm. yep. okay so the us was when it was created it created a uh what would you call it a, a platform For people to innovate and to create in a way that hadn't been seen in world history because of the level of individual freedom that was granted to people Mm -hmm. who lived here, right? Mm -hmm. So we saw technological Mm -hmm. innovation that came about at a rate that was totally unprecedented. and. The power balance of the United States, when it started out, was designed to pit geologically disparate forces against each other Mm -hmm. in a way that preserved a power balance exactly the same as Bitcoin is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happened to the U.S.? Because the system failed at some level because it's become corrupt. Mm -hmm. Everything humans do can be corrupted. If humans can build it, Mm -hmm. humans can break it. Okay. Yep. So here's what I'm here's what I'm foreseeing with bitcoin being very likely. It is going to suck up all of the economic uh network in the world and put it into one network. And what's mm-hmm. going to happen after that is the power balance is going to shift because it's going to destroy the current power balance in the world. It's going to it's mm-hmm. going to break it and rebuild it in a way that hasn't happened in so basically, since the gunpowder revolution and the printing press, okay, mm-hmm. and at that point, mm-hmm. the Catholic Church went from controlling the world to within ten years, nothing they said made any difference outside mm. of the the borders of mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, so you're
1: talking as a result of the printing press,
0: like printing press like, and the and, gunpowder revolution at the same yeah. time. It it shifted yeah. technology enough that it made the way politics was played not be the yeah. same and bitcoin is yeah. getting ready to do exactly the same thing we're basically yeah. when we talk politics in the u.s right now we're basically talking about byzantine politics in constantinople in the year 1542 or 1452 whatever it is
2: yeah in,
0: in one year they rejected the canon, two years later they were invaded with cannons okay yeah. So we're we're kind of, I'm serious. So in that middle year, yeah, yeah, we're no, kind no. of talking politics in the U S in that middle year right yeah. now, because technology is just yeah. doing this. Okay.
1: But, yeah. but I think that's a, I think it's a great example, again, of what we were talking about earlier of like you, there's no neutrality, right? Like once something enters the world, like you can't, you're not neutral on it. You're either ignoring it or you're, or you're, you know, opting into it. And so, yeah, I mean, right. it makes sense.
0: So the logical thing to happen next is that the power centers in the world reform and when mm-hmm. you onboard, basically ninety nine percent of the world population over a period of five years, mm-hmm. everybody else who was involved before in terms of making the rules, yeah, th- their their opinion is worth one percent now. Yeah, go ahead. You're good. Yeah. Um, anyhow, can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay. So. Their opinion's 1% of the vote now, which means mm-hmm. we get one situation where there's something that happens that's like COVID and people panic, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, a rule change isn't all that hard to contemplate in Bitcoin.
1: Yeah.
0: Instead, mm-hmm. you could have a rule change very rapidly that would make it so that you know, maybe maybe you don't even need a hard fork because it looks to me like you could implement a system that requires everyone who's going to use Bitcoin to have to get a computer chip implanted in their hand or forehead.
1: No, <laughs> because, again, you again, they try. OK, so the best example of why of why this is wouldn't be. First of all, you it's not going to happen with Bitcoin it could the, the far easier path is to do this with something like a central bank digital currency. Like that's a world that they fully control. They control the tax outputs. They control all kinds of things. It, it just wouldn't make sense to try to do it with Bitcoin because again, it just would be too easy to opt out of it. You have all of you, all of your node runners who would have to do, who are geographically distributed. Many of them would be like, cool. United States g- good on you. You did that thing. All right, we're g- We're going to do this over here. And so again, th- th- it's, you can't exercise the level of control. And even if you try to do it, the enforceability of it is not going, like, you can't do it. So, it, and it's not like the UN, it's not like the UN's going to be like, oh, look. <laughs> Jordan. And and this is, this is, this is the other thing. This is the other reason why it won't work is because the, there's already like 19 and a half million of the 21 million Bitcoin that will exist are already out there in the hands of normal people. And so again, if this had happened, if this, if we're talking about this being a possibility 15, you know, 14 years ago or something. That's a far different cry than trying to establish this when the vast majority of the bitcoin are already out in the world in the hands of people who know how these things work who are self custodying them and they're not being used in you know in the same yeah they're just not at at risk the same way that the fiat system is where they control all these different things so
0: okay now counterpoint to that we're not uh-huh. talking about who owns the bitcoin we're talking about who runs the nodes and we're talking about the network effect of the money being sort of a black mm-hmm. hole where once you're a part of it and everybody's running it it's really hard to escape it again and mm-hmm. we know that the vast majority of people when you get something like covid happening remember what happened uh-huh. during covid i uh-huh. it, it was it's almost unimaginable Mm-hmm. Within a couple of months the lengths people went to, not just in the US but all over the yep. world to change yep. things. Yep. And so yep. and so the question is not you don't need fifty one percent, you don't need all you need is you need just a soft fork that is responding to a problem that the enemy, capital E enemy, puts in place mm-hmm. to panic people into doing something where the current people who are totally intransigent, who are responsible for the system, ha- are now 1% of the vote because everybody else is on boarded over the past couple of years.
1: But they're not even 1% of the vote like they're they're part of their percentage of the vote insofar as they have they're running nodes right
0: and what I'm so, saying is <laughs> what I'm saying is the number of so, nodes that yeah. go online when you onboard the ninety nine percent of the world that isn't onboarded right now is multiplied uh-huh. by let's say it's only multiplied by ten that means uh-huh. that means you have ten percent of the of the total nodes are the current people who are running nodes, and all the rest ninety percent of the vote is used Mm -hmm. toward whatever end the enemy is scaring people toward
1: but so again so then they can they can do a hard fork they can do whatever kind of fork they want to right and And then again and then well and, (laughs) and then if people and that
0: network it's the same
1: thing with states rights though it's the same thing with states rights where they're they have different you have different jurisdictions that operate according to certain certain ways and then so basically what they'll do so if you did do a hard fork then boom Okay, great. You do that. Right. And then we're going to, we're going to watch and see what happens.
0: Right. And I I don't have to to run their hard fork. You're right. I don't. Yeah, exactly. But when 99% of the people who are onboarded are running that hard fork, then what's our Uh choice?
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) so even if they're doing that, so then, I mean, but that, that doesn't change anything. That's the same thing that's happening right now. You have 99% of the people who are operating under, like they were using the fiat system, and so, like, as if that doesn't affect Bitcoin at all. So the people who are still running the the normal Bitcoin, if everybody else forks off, we're just going to keep going on <laughs> using normal Bitcoin. And then congratulations, you've got this thing that's called Bitcoin. And again, w- could people get deceived into doing it? I don't you know. I, I think the path to that being even probable, like the path to even being able to do that is I mean, the level of credibility that would be added to Bitcoin in the meantime like in order for that to even be something that would make political sense to even bring up like you're you're talking about a level of you're talking about a level of bitcoin adoption that is again you're i, I just think yeah you're, you're talking about a level of of coordination among geriatric people like this is this is not <laughs> we're
0: like not, this is we're it's, not it's, talking it's hilarious about a me. level of coordination <laughs> among humans we're talking about the powers and principalities in high places that we are Uh fighting against. And here's, here's what I think is actually going on and I might Mm -hmm. be wrong, but it looks to me like Bitcoin is a weapon designed by the enemy to destroy the, the fake system, the, and, and here's, and here's the way I look at it.
1: So wait a second. So you think, you think Bitcoin is, is Satan, like Satan came up with the idea for Bitcoin.
0: I think that I, th- I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know, yeah. but I. But it okay. looks to me like, if you look at the system that is run by the people who are part of the World Economic Forum, uh-huh.
1: that
0: that system is like the comic book supervillain system, right? When, when mm-hmm. the Bible talks about a deception that would be capable of fooling even the elect, if possible, that ain't the wef. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's something else. And mm-hmm. when you look at what Satan's original, um, well, and what the Gnostic uh, ideal is, I don't know if you know anything mm-hmm. about Gnosticism, but Gnosticism is essentially mm-hmm. Luciferianism, which is different from Satanism. Mm-hmm. Their, their core ideals are individualism. Which makes perfect sense, right? He set himself mm-hmm. up uh, above, yep. right? Okay, yeah, so yeah. It makes perfect sense. The idea here is that you need a weapon where the enemy is running sort of a dialectic. They're running a chessboard with two sides. The dark side of the chessboard sure. isn't designed to fool everybody. The light side is. So you set up yeah. the dark side to make everybody mad, to flock to the light side, and they... Mm are are against this evil thing that is obviously the world economic forum etc that whole side of things
1: so would you argue would you say that the printing press was also luciferian because it also enabled individuals to exercise incredible amounts of like they can sit there i can i can write a book (laughs) some some random guys can now write books and then you know publish them and have them spread all over the place that's not true. Exactly trivial.
2: If you were if you were around when the printing per, printing press first came out, you would write a Bible or you'd be killed. There was nothing else, so you didn't have the freedom when it came out.
1: But they were killed for printing the Bible
0: too, right? So no.
1: So it would so be, be okay, killed either. So way.
2: so tell me
0: this: How much real opposition have we seen? by the world system against Bitcoin, because if it were something that were from God, you would expect them to hate it. But instead, it looks to me like what we have is we have that, that enemy chessboard playing back and forth. And this looks like a weapon that's designed to destroy the black side of the chessboard. It doesn't look like it's designed to be. To, it looks like it's an individualistic sort of enabler to create a, to create that final deception is what it looks like to me. And, and that, I mean, the
1: biggest countries in the world, like, I mean, the biggest nation on earth, the popular population wise tried, has banned it seven times. Right.
0: And it didn't work. So like,
1: if you're, if you're, I know, but that doesn't mean they didn't try. (laughs) Right. Satan, Satan tried to, Satan tried to kill Jesus so that it would thwart God's plan. The fact that he tried was sufficient to show that he was a bad actor. (laughs) I something
0: to you here and and I don't want you to take this wrong because uh-huh. I think that you've emotionally invested in Bitcoin to the point where it's hard for you to hear the idea that it could be a tool of the enemy. And I don't
1: No, Again, I I've literally, again, I just, I've literally been thinking about these things for like literally in depth for like four and a half years. Mean, so again, I, I'm not, I'm not against the idea that it's, I'm, I'm not conceptually against the idea that it's a, that it's a tool of the enemy. And again, even if I don't grant your, your, sure. The overall idea obviously there are plenty of bitcoiners who are godless as the day is long and who are using this who are using sure. god's good gifts
0: sure. well, of we bitcoin
1: all... the same way that they're using god's yeah. other good gifts against him sure, sure this is this is the concern that i would see yeah the concern that i see is to be afraid like to to operate functionally as though god isn't sovereign and to be and to operate functionally as though jesus is not actually the king and so again, like this is so the perspective that I'm coming from, and the way that the way that I would see, again things like the printing press and things like all these other things, um, is you see, uh, let's see, let me just pull it up. It's it's Psalm two, mm-hmm. um, and so come on now, so Psalm two. Uh, let's see here. Psalm two, it says why do the people's uh, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves uh, and the rulers take counsel together against the lord and against his anointed saying let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So this is what governments have are always trying to do they're trying to get rid of accountability they're trying to get rid of people who tell them no. Yeah. That's that's literally what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so Uh, So things like the printing press, like you have the, the Roman Catholic church is this huge, powerful entity. The printing press says, actually, you know, we're going to actually disseminate messages that aren't approved of by you. And so we're going to, we're going to get them out there and they hate that. And so they try to squash that with every, at every turn. And how does God respond? He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying, as for me, I have set my King on Zion, my holy hill. So I, I think, like, what I'm saying is, like, yeah. I, I look at these things. I'm not quivering in my boots about anything satanic. Not me either. Like, I'm out here. Not I'm, even a little bit. I'm aware of them. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm aware okay. of them. So
0: so, yeah. just so you understand, I'm on the same footing you are here. Yeah. I don't I don't disagree let me just, one bit. Let me just
1: clarify this. So, so what I'll say is when I think about Bitcoin, yeah. like, just the way that Bitcoin works, what Bitcoin does is it takes away power from the government to be able to to basically live In a way that denies total sowing and reaping, they want to live as gods, and so it takes away from them. Does now can that then later can that later be corrupted again? This this good thing be corrupted, but to try to say that it's satanic now just strains like strains the meaning of words. to me, (laughs) now I
0: want you to understand. Okay, functionally, I am in the same position you are most, I don't hold a lot of U S dollars. I hold mostly Bitcoin because yeah. you're right. Yeah. Right now, it is the most honest, the most free money in the world. It is exactly yeah. what it's supposed to be right now. And I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think we need to live in fear of anything because he will always yeah. make a way for us. And if sure. Bitcoin were corrupted, that means there would be a way made past that. And that that needed to be part of what happened in order to make his plan mm-hmm. come about. I'm with you on this. Okay. No question. What I'm saying is this, that we as Christians, number one, we need to be using honest weights and measures. We need to be using mm-hmm. the answers that are at hand. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing sure. is we need to not get married to our money.
1: 100%. percent one million percent.
0: No, I know <laughs> that, that. So that, I'm saying we're
1: in the yeah. same place. No, no argument. Yeah. But this, but the issue, this is again, the issue that I'm having is like, Mm -hmm. this is like saying you need to not get married to your law. You know, like you don't, you need to not get married to the law. It's like, well, yes, you don't need to get married to the fact that like to your nation, but like being like being like using the law and, and like submitting yourself to the law is something that you should do. Can I, and we, we shouldn't be worried about
0: idolatry.
1: Can I, can I tell you a bit of
0: a story? Okay. So I worked at a family business for about eight years, eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, And during this time I was saving mostly in gold. I would put aside mm-hmm. what I could, you know, sure. we, 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 sure. we had a lifestyle that was pretty, pretty under the, under the standard. And, and sure. I was saving as much as I could. And at first I yeah. was saving it in precious metals. And then I started mm-hmm. learning about Bitcoin. This is 2020, 2021, somewhere in there, I started learning okay. about Bitcoin mm-hmm. and I started putting it away in Bitcoin. I even took some of the precious metals and sold it and bought Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. And so, over the past, what, year and a half now, since I quit my job, I have had to sell most of my savings. I've had to sell most mm-hmm. of that stuff. And mm-hmm. if I could, if I could tell you what that did to me right here. I never expected it, man. I was
1: 100%
0: but, but I, I started realizing how attached I was getting to my money and how much faith I was putting in my possessions. And finally I'm like, okay, God, this is yours. I'm selling it all if I have to, because I can't be attached to this. I have to be attached to you. And what I discovered is that the, the more, the more solid and the more, trustworthy the money is the easier it is to do that one of the hidden blessings of this crappy fiat system we've got is that we don't trust our money which means we aren't drawn into we aren't drawn into a basic greed situation as strongly as we might be otherwise and i'm learning that firsthand and it's not uh, fun (laughs)
1: I don't. I don't think that's a an accurate valuation of of the situation at all. I think there's like a very small, like one one tenth of one percent of people who are in that situation that you just described. The vast majority of people think that the dollar. They think about the dollar like Bitcoiners think about Bitcoin. Yeah, that's So fair. there's still plenty greedy. There's still well, plenty okay, greedy. Okay, so maybe I'm just talking like about after. myself. Maybe I'm just talking <laughs> yeah. about myself. I yeah. don't know. And so, so there. Yeah. So and I'll just say this. Yeah. Like, there, I 100% agree with you. Now, here's the thing. Just full yeah. disclosure. Like I literally there's a reason why like Bitcoin could disappear tomorrow, yeah like i I think about it all the time, like solar flare, Bitcoin's gone, boom, what do I do? Well, i go die, no, no. we don't <laughs> no. like no, not we, whatsoever we like trust this thing in is the not Lord material all our heart a hundred yeah, percent we trust in the right. Lord, and faithfulness, so faithfulness would look different in that situation, yeah. what and and so again this is this is not about Bitcoin making a million dollars. It's not Bitcoin. I'm with you a
0: hundred percent. It's about being faithful all, with the resources yes. we have and putting them in the most trustworthy place we can. And not
1: even that though. It's not even that though. It's not even about trustworthiness. It's not about any of okay. that. It's about, it's about like, again, you, and again, there's, there's in God's providence, he does things where you're like, this is not good. And God's like, yeah, but I'm doing it anyhow, because it has, it's serving these greater purposes. So like all, all I'm saying is, yeah, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, like gold, like all these other things are, are systems that acknowledge the world that God actually made. They actually submit to God's design in the world. And by doing that, it's a way, it's a form of humility. Yeah. Like again, now, can you trust in those things way too much? Absolutely. Well, and, and, absolutely. No one is arguing. And it is like, well, not, definitely good I'm not arguing any otherwise.
0: It's definitely yes. good stewardship right now. It, well, it's it,
1: But I would say it's good stewardship based on based on the principles of how it works. Right. Well, like th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know? I'm using
0: that as shorthand just to say that I yeah. agree with you, Not nothing against yeah. you.
2: Um,
0: yeah. And, and I don't want you to think by it's like I said, if you could, if you could paint the picture before the revolutionary war for the people who are fighting, yes. it, would you do it? Well, and in my case, yeah. the answer is I see what I see and I can't be dishonest about it. But at the same time, I'm also coming back to agreeing with you about where we're at right now. And right now we have something has to happen with this crazy world system that is run by pedophiles that is totally dishonest running on this Fiat nightmare. I mean,
1: yeah, but this is, but this is, (laughs) but again, this is, this is what I would say is, is again, things have always, they always look bleak. They always look disastrously bleak, impossible to win, Like Hitler literally taking over the world. He's murdering like Jews by the millions. He's murdering all kinds of other people, like the darkest thing. And then it ends up being like, you know, he gets taken out. It's this whole situation. We get right to the brink and then God's like, you know what, guys, this looks bad. This looks like I'm not in control, but here, squash, I'm still in control. Right. And so it's, I guess my thing is just the overall, the overall tenor is just like, and it's a it's a Chesterton quote where he says like the greatest thing is to is to fight an un an a, like an unwinnable battle and and actually come out on top or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. It's way more poetic than that. Well, it, I but know like what that, you're that's saying, just though. the reality. I, I
0: agree. Okay, so yeah. and
1: so that's the thing is again, big. I, I look at like Bitcoin could be part of that. I I think it actually functionally is doing that. But again, comes to the point where if people again everyone gets in love with Bitcoin, where God's like, hey, you're trusting Bitcoin more than you're trusting me. Then yeah, hundred percent. I agree. I just think I just think the like to look at like, to 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 take a look at the world and look at like what is the greater like what is the the bigger issue if you're God and you're working towards His ends of discipling the nations of doing all these things like I'm not aiming at Bitcoin. I'm not even like Bitcoin is like so relatively right. like right. so small in terms of the grand scheme of things. It doesn't mean that there's not issues. There's oh, always sure. going to be idolatry. There's always going to be these things, but like the existing system is doing way more harm. Oh, like, it, it's doing a staggering amount of harm, and it's unsustainable to the to the hill. Oh,
0: so. I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I think mm-hmm. I think functionally we're on the same page. Yeah. I'm just pointing at yeah. a possibility that most people yeah. I know don't see, and I want I just want the people I know who are like you, who are Christian guys yeah. who yeah. who actually believe in God, to make sure that you keep in your mind that. These yep. things are tools and means that God puts at our yep. disposal. And when the time yep. comes for them to go in the trash heap because they've been corrupted, yep. well, you know what?
1: 100%. Yep. So, one, one million percent. Anyhow, this is why I talked with. So, I just was at this Christian conference yeah. this past week. And there was a guy who's actually from my church mm-hmm. who is a gold broker. Oh, he, does, he does gold broker. And so, the, the guy who is running the conference says to me, he's like, hey, uh, he's like, your booth is right over there. And actually there's a gold guy right here. You guys should talk and you know, you guys can get into a, like, a debate or something. And so I said to him, I was like, well, one of the things I, I always talk about with people is have you guys seen the star Trek meme where it's the woman, she asked them, are you two friends? And the one guy says yes. And the other one says no. Yeah. <laughs> like I always tell people, I'm like, listen, I am as it, as it relates to gold and Bitcoin. I am, I'm friends with Bitcoiners who like gold. Yeah. Like we think this is still a good tool. Yeah. If Bitcoin disappeared, this would be the next best thing. And it's the it's tech traditionally and mostly it's the it's the gold bugs who are like, We hate your living guts. You're fake. You know uh, the whole, Peter the Schiff. Whole thing. <clears throat> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. So <laughs> Again. Yeah. Again. And, and again, beyond all this money, like again, right. money, money matters because of what it's because of the effect that it has. It's a tool. And because of what it affects. Right. And, well, and again, and if you love, if you value it for some other reason, then you're, again, you're, you're in sin, you're erring. Well, and, you're and God gives it, as a,
0: it to us as a means to show responsibility. A lot of times that's what mm-hmm. it ends up being, yep. right? It's like, yep. it gives us an opportunity to show responsibility in our lives. But but yep. making it an end in itself is a sin and that's
1: 100 yes. percent. that's
0: well the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil yep so anyhow yes. so i don't i don't want you to go away with the impression that i hate bitcoin somehow because i don't yep. i actually i have more bitcoin than about anything else and i, I actually really yep. like it but i yep. also don't want to i don't want people to get to a point where they're doing what I see a lot of Bitcoin Twitter doing, where they're actually treating yeah. Bitcoin as a god, you can't sure. serve both God sure, sure, and sure. money.
2: Yeah, I kind and of this is going into my little next topic. If we, I have one last topic question I'd like to run through uh, the three of us before we run out of time.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll, um, I'll just yeah. one. Let me just say one last thing. The thing again, that totally makes sense. Like what you just said, totally makes sense. Given like Bitcoin Twitter, the thing that I would just say is like Bitcoin Twitter is like three thousand autistic guys. Like that's <laughs> that's all that it is. It's three, and myself included, like it's, there's 3000 people who are, who are just on Twitter, like talking about these things. Yeah. Like it, it's just mm-hmm. such a small, like an unrepresentative segment of, of the world. Doesn't mean we don't eat. And again, I, have, I share all the same concerns you do and I have conversations with sure un-Christian Bitcoiners. I get to share Christ with like lots of well, Bitcoiners. And, and that's an opportunity
0: um, we get, man. That's, that's yeah. wonderful.
1: I'm right. I'm actually writing a book where it should be done within the next month or so, uh, a book called The Gospel According to Bitcoin, which whereas thank God for Bitcoin was used. We, we wrote it to explain Bitcoin to Christians. The gospel according to Bitcoin is explaining the gospel to Bitcoiners. So I like just very, very aware of and, and have the same desire as you to, to have this thing be be a tool and not and not a means, you know, uh, not an end in itself. Means in
0: itself. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. what did you have there? Greg? Right, go for it, Greg.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I'll just put this all out there in a, in a, um, oh, a paragraph at once, and then I'll let you guys respond. Um, in our talks, in our in our uh, best guidance, best practices, if you will, we're we're trying to trying to aim for something like balance. We want to find the, mm-hmm. the the narrow road. We don't want to be too extreme one way or the other. Bitcoin's not perfect. It's not God, and it's not uh, the other side of that would be it's worthless. It's criminal. You can't talk about it. Yeah. Right. So there are your two sides. It's yep. perfect. You can't say anything bad about it. It's horrible. You can't <laughs> say anything about it, period. It can't be spoken of. With this, I'm kind of positioning something like the WEF, those currently in power. It wouldn't matter who's in power. You're losing power by a shift in power. So mm-hmm. those in power would be the ones creating the attack on it. Something I see in this uh, poke in a point to reduce the conversation on it. Um, we recently did something like um, allowing people to invest um, through paper bitcoin basically sure yep. the ETS, so, yeah. as it stood before individuals were able to speak about bitcoin freely without any limitations moving forward where we need to preface our statements with this is not financial advice whether are they going to start stacking something like that on us are they going to start coming back around and saying if you don't say that then you have some sort of, sort of penalties when they start following up with people with so many penalties and additional regulation because everybody's begging for regulation Mm -hmm. is that then just muddying the waters to where is like it is with private equity where you if you've got money you can make money with it but if you don't they don't Mm -hmm. let you in in the game will they try to take it over so that if you if you are following their rules you can play in bitcoin but Otherwise, it's such a hassle that you're not able to. That's sort of yeah. what, where are we now with what, how freely are we able to uh, speak about it, and yeah. does it seem like that's shifting? And then what else do you see as an attack? Yeah, go they, for it,
0: Jordan. Does this does this sound like a rehash of Bitcoin Twitter over the past, like?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it's
1: not, I think I'm it's a good concerned. question. No, it yeah, is no, it's no, a, good it's a good question. So, so the first thing I would say is um, okay. Just something a lot of people just don't realize. The fact that you say this is not investing advice does not absolve you from it being investing advice. Like you could still get sued for <laughs> for doing that. Yeah. It's like there's, it's like people say that and then they, they're like thinking, okay, good. I'm and it's just not true. Like they're, but again, the reality is like they're just not going to go after every Tom, Dick, and Harry on you know on, on the internet for you know for doing they something. It just it's make- a
2: product they want to get rid of
1: sure yeah but there's i mean the fact that the fact that they just approved an etf is actually doing the exact opposite like becoming bitcoin Bitcoin is becoming more entrenched within the existing system than anything else and especially as the people who are most vehement against it is 74 year old uh you know 70 or let's see 80 81 or 82 year old joe biden who's quickly going to die uh okay um elizabeth warren 75 whatever years old like these people are getting to the point where again they're they're moving out and people who are, who are, you're going to be getting politicians as a greater segment of the electorate becomes Bitcoiners. They're going to like, uh, and especially as they get wealthier, like they're going to be able to exert power over politicians in terms of how they, of how they think about and how they treat Bitcoin. So like, this is, this is a reality. now again, could that go bad in certain, of course, you're going to have bad situations. Yeah, but- California exists, New York exists, all these things. But the reality is like yeah. again the the tighter you clamp down on people the more that the you know the this if you try to clamp down on water it flows between it flows between your fingers and ends up getting out. Yep. And so this is what we saw during COVID people were like, "Oh cool, California dictatorship. See ya, we're going to Texas and Florida and and Tennessee. Like cool. Well, you guys you guys have fun with all of those regulations. New York same way. Like you guys want to do all these things. All right see ya we're gonna we're gonna go actually to places where they don't do those things and so whether it's on the united states level or just even internationally you're gonna have people who especially if they have a a sizable amount of bitcoin they're gonna be able to leave they're gonna be able to leave and go to other places uh to to escape some sort of you know clamping down um now again uh the second question what was the second question you said um what was the second half of the question
0: i i don't I don't know exactly what the halves of the question were myself, but.
1: So the, the first question was, are they going to, uh, as, as, uh, as far as talking about Bitcoin, is that right. going to be down on? What do you see as changes
2: in regulations and changes in clamping down? What do you see as the attack vectors?
1: Yes. Uh. And so with, with paper Bitcoin. Yeah. So paper Bitcoin, you, you mentioned that. So with paper Bitcoin, the attack vectors. Yeah. So, I mean, there's now these uh, companies that are holding Bitcoin, uh, which again, if you would have told somebody 15 years ago, that this little, you know, uh, open source project was going to yield Wall Street companies holding it. People would have thought you were an idiot. Yeah. So the fact that this is happening is is insane. Um, so you have more and more of them doing that. Now here's an attack vector. It doesn't. It's not an attack vector in terms of how it actually affects how Bitcoin works. But for those companies, the attack vector would be just the Bitcoin version of Executive Order sixty one hundred two. When uh, FDR, it. basically, yeah, when they seized gold. And so, I mean, those things are just going to be ridiculously easy, easy targets to be seized. Um, yeah. I mean, just trivial to basically, and you could, or you could argue, okay, uh, this is now a global reserve asset. And so we're going to confiscate this because it's a matter of uh, national security or something like that. Or the Bitcoin mining companies, we're going to nationalize those because it's a matter of, you know... National security. Yeah. So I can see something like that happen. Zero problem. Like that. That 100% can happen, and that's going to be a bummer for those companies. But it's not going to be a bummer for Bitcoin. No, Bitcoin's like going to be distributed. And,
0: well, Bitcoin's <laughs> distributed enough that it that doesn't really yeah. it doesn't really make a mark on Bitcoin. it's kind of is what it is. That and then the moment they do that, what else is going to happen?
1: Every other <laughs> nation on earth goes. They think this thing is valuable enough that they want to nationalize it. We're going to go buy it all. And so it's just going to send Bitcoin crazy. So again, it's going to be a big bummer for those for those entities, those institutions. Well, and, and then uh, you get the you get the other as a, as a whole. the
0: other effect that that has, which is it pushes people to do things like move to El Salvador. It pushes yes. it, it. Yep. It what yep. you end up with is the whole intellectual uh, flight from the the yep. dangerous places to. And, and, and it's the most productive people who do it. They leave the yep. places that are bad and they go to the places yep. that are friendly. And so the yep. places that are friendly end up running the world. That's just how it works. Who
1: Who is Satoshi Nakamoto in the same way of who is John Galt? Right. That's what, that's what you're going to see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So Well, and as far as attack vectors go, though, the other thing... I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on this but it looks to me like these corporations are running the government more than the government is running the corporations anymore so making yep. that decision to seize yep. the ETFs of the richest companies in the world doesn't yep. look to me like a play that could be made anymore. Just because well,
2: what would if they were on the side so much of those players that they made it so the everyday American couldn't literally say the word without getting sued while no. they're buying it up as cheaply as they can.
0: Then yeah. flight of intellectual capital to places that are more friendly, people who can see what's going on, who understand it, leave and go somewhere where they can buy Bitcoin. And in the bigger and also with that, you have again, what it's going to do is
1: it's going to demonstrate the value of self custody of Bitcoin. Yeah. Like you don't. The value of Bitcoin is that you don't have to store your Bitcoin with these giant corporations. Like the reason why we store the reason why banks existed and banks exist. Excuse me. The mm. reason why banks exist is because of the physicality of gold. Yeah. Like they they. It's not convenient to have this physical thing. You but
2: do when still have I can issue with Bitcoin though, with the seven transactions per second, it's a relatively slow electronic. Yeah. Transfer.
1: So that. But that's on the base layer. That's like saying so so the United States, so you can think about within the United States system, so the base layer of the United States system is cash. Okay. So like there's a limit to, you know, like I can only hand out so much cash. Actually, the base
0: layer of the United States system is not even something you or I are allowed to own. And the number of transactions that that system can do per day is similar to what Bitcoin can do every 10 minutes. So when you look at the actual base layer of what the U.S. does it's so much less capable than bitcoin that it, there's yeah. no comparison. So yeah, yeah. bitcoin needs but so th- a good yeah. layer 2. But that yeah. doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that what's there at the base layer isn't amazingly robust.
1: Yeah, exactly. So with so you need layer 2s and so the 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 equivalent of this is like PayPal is a layer 2 to the United States system. Like you, when you send money, they actually are doing large batches of transactions. Um, you know, like when you send money to somebody else, they're just keeping track of all of the transactions throughout the day that go from whatever your bank is to this other bank. And then they're cutting like one or two checks a day, like to do that. So they're, they're actually, that's a layer two solution. Uh, something like lightning, the lightning network is again, in it's small, it's still a small, but it's being used by companies like cash app. Like you can use the lightning network within the cash app. And that is final settlement in the, you know, the second you send it. Um, it gives you all of the benefits of the speed of, of normal transactions, uh, with, you know, just on Bitcoin. So yeah. it's just going to, you're going to need to see more fleshing out of that, but the technology exists
0: for, for it to be, you know, used in, in beneficial. So. Well, and, and what's the other one that the one that liquid, yeah, but yeah, no, liquid. no, I'm thinking of, I'm th- oh. thinking of the, um, uh, the one that Marty bent and Odell are really like, that's uh, sort of a, uh, Show me an e-cash thing.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Fetty. Fetiments, Fetiments. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fetamins. That's another, yeah, it's another thing. So that's, there's, there's different ways that you can, you can solve these problems of, of scalability and, and getting more people on like that. Again, it, it's, it's not not an issue. Like it actually will require things, but there's people working on those things who, you know, to to be able to implement them because they recognize this is an issue. Well, and and it's just a matter of order of operations. This is what, this is what the people who are like, we, you know, you need to have faster transaction. Like they just don't understand order of operations. Right. Like they're, they're, they're making, they're saying you have to make a binary choice either or zero sum game decision rather than, you know, like you plant a seed and it stays a seed for a little bit it you know starts out very small and then over years it turns into something that's huge and immovable and all these kind of stuff it has to start somewhere and it's just the for the same reason it would be dumb for me to get mad at my you know my three-year-old for not being my 12-year-old it doesn't make sense to <laughs> like it's it would be silly to be like oh bitcoin you know bitcoin has failed because it can't be you know because it can't do a million transactions per second it's like no you're you're, you're misunderstanding you don't have an understanding of like what of what is required of like how just basically the world works. And then just the nature of like if this thing is an open source project that started on the internet. A guy gave away his best idea. And then in only 15 years, it's got literally 1% of the world who owns it.
0: Like it's insane. Well, and the, you know, and the, the other thing you through. have to keep in mind about it is it's, it's sort of a supply and demand thing too. It's like, yeah, right now, 100%. the demand is not for a, a medium of exchange, it's for yeah. a store of value. And as the yes. medium of exchange demand goes up, the ability yep. to fulfill that need will be built by the people yes. who are currently working on it. Yeah. it. It isn't needed as much yet, so it isn't available as much yet. And as it's needed, it gets developed. What you have to have yeah. for that to work is a base layer that is super solid and can't, yep. and totally bulletproof. And that's what we have
1: hundred percent that's that's what's driven the the choices that people have made with you know with Bitcoin to this point is the thing that doesn't exist is a good store of value bitcoins can serve as can serve as a good store of value and so we're gonna we're gonna hammer down on that and then as that as more people get drawn into that then again then we can start moving on to well, other things. And, but that's the novel,
0: the novel and a side note on that just to add to what you said the the whole block size war was. a a matter of people misunderstanding that function what we needed was a store of value and the block size being small actually drives bitcoin to be a good store of value if it's a big block size it means that it's a less secure asset which means the store of value is less capable so we needed small blocks for that purpose and that's why the the transaction stuff has to be done on a layer two because you have to have the small blocks to make the the store of value work yeah so yeah yeah yeah
1: again you you want it's like the again you can compare this like there's tons of in order to like conceptually you know unpack it like i mean the churches are are very it's a very helpful thing so like within you know the the gospel spread you had these small churches that were lean and nimble they appointed elders and then you, you could you could imprison leaders from one of these churches and the, their church would still go on humming because they had other elders and they, or they could appoint other elders and so it wasn't like it was this giant hulking uh you know uh cathedral <laughs> where like it provides this it pro, it provides this large attack vector where oh look we can just burn down your cathedral and then you're you're out of commission or like in the case of the temple we can burn down your temple and then you have no place to worship you know like jesus tells the the woman at the well like someday like the day is coming when you won't worship god on this mountain or in the temple like he's basically saying like there's going to be a day coming where you're going to be people who worship me will worship in spirit and truth all over the world um and so i think like this is this is the same thing you're seeing is like, you're, you're moving away from these huge top down, uh, you know, visually impressive institutions to, you know, these small, uh, you know, dynamic, uh, you know, easily adaptable, uh, you know, places in in, like Bitcoin is is built for that. It's literally, literally
0: built for that. It's, it's perfectly designed for that. It's, it's amazing actually. Um, we're going to, we're going to have to wrap up here. Uh, is there anything else, <laughs> Greg, you got anything else? No, I got my last question in there. Okay. Jordan, how about you tell people where they can find you?
1: <clears throat> Excuse me, man. I just tried to hit my, uh, mute my mic and I didn't make Good. it. Um, Yeah, I know. You can find me. uh, You can find uh, Thank God for Bitcoin. I'm the, again, executive director of Thank God for Bitcoin. You can find us at tgfb.com. You can find me on Twitter uh, at jmbush, B-U-S-H, uh, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And then again, the the biggest, the only other thing I would, you know chill or something would be, we have our, the thank God for Bitcoin podcast. We have uh, also the thank God for Nostra podcast. And then our big event that we do every year is, is going to be a, a two day uh, conference uh, in Nashville, uh, July 24th and 25th. And the structure of that is the, the name of the, actually I don't have the paper here with me, but the name of it is basically going to be the economics of glory, uh, money, government, and uh money, government, and the glory of God is basically what we're going to be looking at. So awesome. day one, it's just casting a robust vision, uh Christian vision of economics. Like w- what is economics? What is money? Why should Christians care? Um, not going to mention Bitcoin at all on day one. Help uh, us and guilty then,
2: Christians feel a little bit better about making some money. You know, what did you say? Help us uh, guilty Christians feel like we don't uh, have to, to sign a, um, uh, a-
1: a promise of, of poorness. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oath of poverty to, yeah, <laughs> right, Exactly. So just talking about that, uh, on day one and then on day two, uh, is going to be again, just like, okay, now that we've applied, we we've talked about and unpacked, you know, Christians obligations and what they should care about and how they should structure things. Uh, then boom, here's Bitcoin. And here's the ways in which Bitcoin is aligned with that and is being used by people around the world in all kinds of surprising ways. Uh, and then we're going to be doing a, a concert that night with uh, some, a bunch of uh, Christian musicians who are going to be, who are basically in Nashville. Awesome. So, so you can get your tickets at TGFB.com slash store. If you're interested
0: so, in that so. TGFB.com, thank God for Bitcoin at JM Bush yep. writes on Twitter and thank God for Bitcoin podcast. Thank God for Noster podcast, A subject we didn't yep. get to get into I'd love to yep, get into sometime. In and then yep. the thank God for Bitcoin uh, conference and folks, if you can go, I would highly recommend it. I really enjoy what Jordan's been doing. I think that all of his work is excellent. You should definitely go check it out. And Jordan, I have to say thank you for coming onto the podcast and pushing back on me so vigorously. I know. No, seriously, is, thank you.
1: This I know, this makes good podcasting, so well, we're, we're good to go. No, so. it's good
0: podcasting, <laughs> but it's also it's also Iron Sharpens Iron. It's also yep. you and being honest and, and put, actually – pushing back on the idea yeah. which I don't get enough of. So thank you genuinely. Yeah. And thanks no, for thanks for the conversation. 100%, man. I really appreciate it. 100%. I enjoyed it.
1: Yep. Appreciate you guys. Greg it was great to meet you.
0: All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody and that's it for this time. We'll catch you next time.
2: Till next time.